Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My name is Jane. My name's Kurt. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we watch an episode of each other's favourite TV shows Mm -hmm. and then try and work out why we like the things that we like. Yes. Generally getting to really give it to someone else who probably was never going to watch that show in the first place. Well, sometimes. Yeah. Particularly this week. Uh, We are in our final episode of our fifth, sixth season. The sixth one, yes. The sixth season, (laughs) Hindsight, where we have uh, given each other episodes of TV shows that we actually did previously in other seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is from Eye Candy. This one is from our third season. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, (laughs) from our third season, Eye Candy, which were Guilty Pleasures. So Mm -hmm. this is both an Eye Candy and a Guilty, sorry, this is both a Guilty Pleasure and a Returner and one that I know that I will never win Kurt over on. But (laughs) um, it's going to be fun to talk about anyway, I hope. I think it will be interesting to talk about as long as I can get through this recap. Gosh, reality TV hard is hard to summarise sometimes. (laughs) So... Okay. What did you get me to watch this week, Jane? I got you to watch Dance Moms. My gosh, I forgot what it was like to watch this show. And I'm kind of glad I never became the person who watched it with you when we were living very close to each other. Yeah. I, I think I like wanted to. I was like, oh, you're watching Dance Moms again. Maybe I'll try and get into that and watch it with you. Like, mm-hmm. No, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jane and I both don't like reality TV much at all. No, there's a few things that I really enjoy. I like things, like you know. Give me a baking competition show or... Oh, yeah, but I would say we don't primarily watch reality television. No, I don't watch a lot of the um, the Kardashian-style reality TV Or the uh, Love Bachelors-type no. situations. Not, not really our cup of tea. The Love Islands, the exes, or whatever it's called. Well, if it's got to do with, like, love relationship drama, then, like, I'm out. <laughs> you know? Or the, ger- the various shores that have existed. Yes. Which actually came up in this week's episode of Dance Moms, but not the one that we're going to talk about today. No. So should I provide a little bit of production context? Yes, because recently you did give us a little bit of information about how she's out of prison. So we've got a bit to get through first in terms of what is this show, Jane? So this show is a reality TV show. It is centred around a dance teacher named Abby Lee Miller, who is at the point of the TV show that we're watching now, based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And it's based around her and her elite junior dance squad, who are her group of sort of seven to 13-year-olds. Yeah. 
roughly, uh, we're probably like 15 at this point, anyway, uh, who go out to competitions and they learn a new routine every week, which is quite a different way of learning compared to most dance studios where you learn one routine and perform that for like a year. And it's all about the drama between the kids, the teachers, and of course, the mothers. Predominantly the mothers. Predominantly the mothers. It is called Dance Moms. Yes. One of the things that bothers me about this is that when the little lower thirds come up who constantly give you their names, I'm so glad it happens more than once in this show, Yes, is that the mums are their name. And then the daughters and the dancers are so-and-so's daughter. Yeah. I'm like... I'm sorry, is not the star of the show meant to be the kids and who which daughter the mum represents? In my mind, yes. And it's really frustrating because I need to keep remembering which girl they're talking about. And I'm like, just tell me which dancer you're talking about there. And I don't care which mum it is, really. But that, that's we'll get into this. We'll get into it. <laughs> anyway, so I will give just a tiny bit of production history. Mm. Because I didn't research it, I'm just going to do it off the top of my head. This show came on in 2011 and ran for seven seasons at first. Then it was cancelled, mostly because Abby Lee Miller went to prison. Not the only reason. It also was losing ratings. It wasn't doing so well. The show had sort of flagged after about the fifth-ish season when they moved to LA Mm -hmm. and suddenly the show was based in LA and became increasingly less focused on dance and more focused on drama, particularly because it wasn't just, they weren't just dancing anymore. All of these kids were doing other LA things, like acting getting gigs and, and yeah, 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 all that kind of thing. So I think the show became a little bit unfocused. Abby became very erratic because she was under all of this stress from her court trial. She was going to court for fraud um, and uh, all of this sort of stuff. When she was sent to prison, they were like, cool, let's cancel the show. And that seemed to be it at first. So toward the end of her prison sentence, Abby was diagnosed with a very rare, very aggressive form of cancer that took root in her spine. Mm. She was rushed to hospital. She's undergone several surgeries. She's undergone chemo. And it's been a long, long road, but she's come out the other side of it. Um, She's a little physically worse for the wear, but she's decided that she wanted to start Dance Moms back up again, so she got back in contact with the studio and they have recently started season eight. Was her sentence reduced as a result of her illness? She only had a year sentence. Oh, right, okay. So I'd say she... Almost served it. She almost served it or or might have done some of her chemo also in prison. Right. I'm not 100% sure, but she, yeah, she did most of it. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so now she's back in Pittsburgh and they've started the series again with a whole new group of kids. So So that means a whole new group of mums. A whole new group of mums. One mum that we have known from a previous, from a later season, who came back. She's Mm -hmm. the only returning member. And I believe, so she's just been doing this competition team for the reality show at this point. She hadn't started up her dance studio fully but i believe she's about to open it back up to uh you know regular paying customers right right okay okay so that's a little bit of production street less about the uh creation of the show but more about how it ended and has started back up again Mm -hmm. uh so we're now in season eight but today i'm giving you an episode from season three yes two girls one solo two girls one solo episode 22 
So I will provide you, Kurt, with a little bit of show context. Yes, please. I did copy and paste this from the last time because I'm lazy, but I had to add a little bit because mm. there's a new kid. Abby Lee Miller owns a dance studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where she has been producing competition kids and professional dancers for 30 years. She runs the studio, but we focus focus on the junior competition team who are doing something a bit different. Each week they go to a new competition anywhere in the country and perform brand new routines. Their mums are crazy. Most of them don't work and spend all of their time and money on dance. Each week, Abby ranks the kids on a pyramid based on their dancing and behaviour the week before, or their mother's behaviour the week before. The families are oh, <laughs> right here. The families are hard to describe. Google picks if you need to know who they are. Yeah, you know, the lower thirds really help me out. Yeah. So Maddie, the star dancer, the best one there, is also Abby's fave, but one of the youngest on the team. Mackenzie, her little sister, is the youngest. She's a great acrobat, um, but isn't necessarily that into dance like Maddie. Their mum is Melissa, who is quite close friends with Abby and always does as she's told and tries not to rock the boat, but we think she's quite secretly manipulative. (laughs) Words. Chloe is the second best dancer on the team. She doesn't have the same confidence as Maddie, so sometimes suffers from not doing as well. And her mum... Christy is sassy but very fiery and always, always fights with Abby. Nia, who works hard, uh, is a lovely kid but doesn't always have great technique. And her mum, Holly, who is a school principal, she's very smart and reasonable but does stand up for her daughter at times when she really believes in it. Paige is sweet but has some technical faults that Abby struggles to fix and gets very frustrated with. Mm-hmm. Brooke is the oldest. Though she doesn't look it. She's quite short. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a great acrobat and she used to be one of Abby's favourites, but now she's a brooding teen who doesn't want to be there. Did she go on a date last episode? Uh, probably. No, I was just looking at other episodes and like when I was trying to find they have, where it had flu They have on. sent her on dates before. Sent her on dates? Yes. What do they mean sent her on dates? <laughs> like her mum got in, got involved and was like, he's a cute boy, you should go on a date with him. And then they like send them off on a date. Or like once there was a male dancer on the team and they wanted them to bond because they had to like be partner dancers oh, right, in, right, in right, the thing. Right, and right, so like Abby sent them to like the fun park and they had to have like this awkward on camera date. It was <laughs> horrific. <laughs> Season one, it was, it was a wild time. Right. Anyway, Paige and Brooke's mum, Kelly danced with Abby when she was a teen but gave it up for cheerleading. They're actually quite close in age. Kendall is a season two addition to the team after a round of auditions. And her mum, Jill, is a studio hopping opportunist willing to bribe Abby for special treatment. And Asia is a recent addition to the team. She was a contestant on a So You Think You Can Dance Junior knockoff TV show called Abby's Ultimate Dance Challenge competition. I wrote competition here. I think it might have been challenge. Uh, And Abby, who was a judge, didn't actually like her on that show, but for some reason brought her onto the team anyway. And her mum, whose name is also Christy, who pushes Asia pretty hard. She seems reasonable at times, um, but sometimes just flies off the handle and goes completely nuts out of nowhere. Yeah. So that's the show context and explaining who the kids are. Um, And there's not much, uh, there's not that much episode context because... Each episode is new routines. It's it's It's, new routines. I mean, there, there can be more, but this one is a pretty light on the rivalry between Maddie and Chloe rages on as it has for three seasons. It's mostly between their mothers rather than the kids. The kids are fine. They're close. They're friends. Mm -hmm. 
A couple of weeks ago, Christy, Chloe's mum, had a meltdown over something or other, I don't remember what, and quit the team, which is just something that they do sometimes. Yeah. While she was away for that week, her best friend Kelly, Brooke and Paige's mum, apparently didn't call or try to see if she was okay or offer any support, which really hurt Christy's feelings. So ever since Christy returned to the team, they've been sort of brooding and fighting between them. Awkward, considering Paige and Chloe are like super duper, absolutely bestest bud friends ever. They call themselves twinnies. It's really cute. Mm -hmm. Asia has been on the team for a few weeks now, causing rivalry with Mackenzie since they're about the same age. Asia has a very mature, too mature for an eight-year-old, in my opinion, dance style for her age. Yes. And is verging on professional careers as an actor, model, and dancer. She was away last week doing semi-professional gigs. How old was, is, or was, I guess, Asia at this point in time? They're about eight. Gosh. Yeah. Gosh. It's weird, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I know that's not uncommon for American-style performance it's, aspects. I I thought that kind of thing got marked down in some competitions, though. Oh, depends. Right. Um, it's... Uh, We'll get into it. We'll Maybe. get into we'll it. We'll get into it yeah. after I recap. Yeah. I think I'm fine. I can give you a surname if you need. Um, so it's... Uh, Why? Yeah. Um, Kelly, H-Y-L-A-N-D. Yeah. Is yeah. that who you thought? Yeah, it's who I thought. Um, I just thought she was Maddie's mum as well. Ah, uh, No. Um, but I don't think that's really relevant to my notes you can, anyway. I, do you want to see who's – I mean, Maddie's mum didn't have much to do this week, but yeah. um, Melissa uh, G-I-S-O-N-I. Oh, yeah, she didn't do much at all, did she? No, she yeah. was pretty quiet yeah. this yeah. week. Okay. That's a picture of all of them if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's with, it's with a Y. I, for some reason I always thought that it was with an I-E. Abby? Yeah, because it's Abby Lee. I, I just assumed that it was like... No, it's a lie. Yeah. All right, cool. I think I'm home. Yeah. Okay. Well, give us your recap. All right. Two girls, one solo. Oh, I've never seen that video, and I hope I never will, that that title is parodying off. I don't think it is actually parodying It's, it's just literally, it is two girls, it one is solo. It is two girls, one solo. <laughs> All right. So, it starts with the celebration from the wins from the week before. And the pyramid comes out. This is very painful for me to watch. And I know that's integral to, I guess, a reality concept. But oh, my gosh. All I left on my notes is that Asia was on the bottom because she was absent from last week for dance jobs. Fine. Except that. Don't really want to talk about the period after that. The what? I don't really want to talk about the period. It's hard. Pyramid. Pyramid. I kept saying period, didn't yeah, I? you did. Whoops. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Pyramid. Abby gives the mums a talking to after last week's behaviour that disrupted rehearsals so much. Kelly and Christy are both have uh, had people in their families affected by cancer, which happens to be the themes for the dancers being done in this week's episode. The group rehearsal is with a large elastic band that is constantly around Brooke, symbolising the disease and being free of cancer. Very metaphorical. Christy and Kelly's fight last week is uh, now why they're sitting on the either sides of the room apart from each other. Maddie and Chloe are getting both the same solo and Abby Lee is seeing what each of the girls do with the choreography on their own. Partially to shut up mum Christy, always wanting her daughter to have a go in a fair level playing field with what Maddie's opportunities are given. 
The mums find it out with the girls in the dressing room that they have the same song, same costume, and neither of them were told. Mackenzie and Asia are watching each other's rehearsals to spur the other on. Asia's mum actually gets to go down from the viewing booth upstairs on the floor and see her kid dance. And Kelly starts to stir shit up with Mackenzie's mum, since none of them ever get to do that, and saying that she should be down there. But she's just like, no, I don't even want to be down there. I should be distracting. And I'm like, good on ya. The mums, Jill and Christy, think that Maddie is getting extra dance practice time and they're wearing ridiculous black sunglasses and coats and staking out the dance studio, checking to see which cars are there at different times. And Jill even goes inside to try and get video evidence of Maddie. Maddie and Chloe are against uh, either sides of the room not watching each other's run-throughs of their solos. <coughs> what? It's not in my throat, it's in my chest. Mm. <coughs> I understand that. Yeah. Maddie and Chloe are against uh, each other with their solo that they are both given, and uh, they're each having to stand on the either side of the room, not even seeing uh, face to the wall what the others are doing with the same choreography. Abby gives uh, the pink dying job of the ribbon to Christy and Kelly, I think, just to try and figure some shit out. And the rest of the mums hope they're working their moment to try and really work through it, and they're literally just dying in silence. Yeah, that, yeah. the other mums are like, maybe they'll take this time to talk through their problems, and they're just not. <laughs> they're just like, we're doing this job. I won't say a word to you. Yeah. Abby has a sad moment with the kids explaining them the realities of cancer and what happened to her father and uh, the loss of dignity. And I think this is actually really a lot to talk about in terms of eight-year-olds. The well, um, youngest are eight. The others are like 10, 11. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like, it's not pretty. The loss of dignity. It was just a lot. It, it's a nice moment. And then it's even sweetened by the fact that Asia mentions that the dog died of cancer. <laughs> Before she even knew the dog. <laughs> it's really sweet because Abby didn't know what she was saying. So a daughter died. No, the dog died. It was cute. It was a nice way to reprieve the moment. Yeah. Now they're at Indiana on the day of the competition. And it's, again, super important for the girls to win. After having just a big victory in Abby's eyes. Mackenzie's acrobatic... Mackenzie's acrobatic solo is very cute and Southern Dixie chick charm, and she kept up the energy going off the stage. I really enjoyed that. You've got to keep the energy and character going all the way through. Don't just walk off stage. It's a big Abby thing. Mm -hmm. Asia's solo in a tall burlesque outfit that was uncomfortable to watch. Uh, kills it, I put with question mark, because I thought she was doing a good job, but I noticed Abby is quite pissed, and it was because she was lip syncing, and that is a big no-no for dancing, which I actually found out last week, <laughs> uh, because it attracts attention to your mouth and away from your dance moves. Totally. Mm-hmm. Abby basically freaking lip syncs in one of my routines, they are... Big trouble. Abby basically says she's ruined the entire performance that she thought did a great job. Yep. 
Chloe's uh, lyrical solo is all bittersweet and summery, and Christy was very happy with the end result, uh, but Maddie's version of the solo is to a different arrangement of the song. The exact same costume, exact same. I think it's the same arrangement. I think it was slightly different. It sounded different to me. Hmm, okay. Like, one sounded slightly more acoustic, okay. but it was the same song. Okay. Uh, anyway, Maddie was very unhappy with every single turn she had. She thinks she absolutely blew it, and Christy thinks that her daughter's got it in the bag. Abby got incredibly pissed at Jill and Christy because backstage they start trying to bring up the footage and Maddie getting extra rehearsal time. Then we just get back to actually the fact that the competition is about to be awarded. <laughs> the lyrical group performance, uh, Kelly tells her girls uh, to do it for the publican. So we have the group routine just before the um, awards come out. And because um, it's her dad is currently living with prostate cancer. And Christy does seem to really try and bury the hatchet and comfort Kelly over this ordeal and try and remember that life is too short for bitter. Grudges. Mm. Wonder how long that lasts. I think it's kind of okay with them after oh, this. Oh, that's nice. I think- I mean, just this show is literally about drama between the dance moms. Yeah, but the thing... <sighs> okay, going. okay. Last paragraph. <laughs> Overall, high score for the group meant that they got first place. Second place for the mini solo goes to Mackenzie, and first place, Asia, despite her lip syncing. Second place was Maddie, a surprise uh, for no one, but then because first place was given to Chloe since she tumbled a couple of her turns, with Christy going absolutely apeshit over this win. But then the judges come in saying that it was actually wrong scores and Maddie won since the numbers were incorrect and Chloe had the lower score. Abby lied completely to the mums to their face, saying that she had nothing to do with it, they just told her. And then the judge immediately comes out of the door and says, so sorry, this never happens. Thank you so much, Abby, for bringing this to our attention. Cut to black. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that last bit felt so staged. (laughs) Everything about this show is so staged. What isn't staged? The actual winning? No, the winning of all things is very staged. So is it because of like, do do that mean they don't deserve to win the competitions? No, okay, so here's how the competitions work on this show. Okay. It's really hard to go to a regular dance competition and try and film all the kids doing all of their things because they're only allowed to work for certain hours of the day. Right. Yes. So what they really need is a competition where all of their routines are together or like pretty close together so that they can film all of the stuff that they need in like the four hour block. Yes. Yes. Without, you know, breaching laws in terms of filming children. Exactly. Yes. So sort of what they end up doing is like, creating competitions and inviting studios to come in and oh my basically running them themselves. The the producers run their own dance competitions. And so... And the judges apparently are impartial to the people winning despite yeah, the producers who arranged it for the show. not really sure how the judging so much works. Right. But... It would be naive to think that the judging isn't at least a little bit influenced by whatever drama was supposed to happen that week. Mm -hmm. Um, That Mm -hmm. being said, you know, quite often, you know, we see the judging and Abby comes off and goes like, I have no idea what was on, what those judges were on. I wouldn't have judged it that way. So maybe the judges are impartial. It's just the competition that's set up. Yeah. And some might be influenced by that and some may not. But just the very nature of 
producing your own competition means that they have control over what studios are invited. Oh, in terms of what kind of level of competitions or they have against them. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, they could choose to invite all crappy studios and therefore manufacture by osmosis a win. Sorry for pulling back the curtain on anyone who enjoyed Dance Moms and reality TV show on that level and thought that it was more real. Nobody Nobody thinks it's real. Okay, so the people who enjoy this show knows what's going on. Pretty much. Right, okay. Because all of because basically over the last few years, all of particularly since the show's been finished, the kids and their mums go out and do these like meet and greets with mm-hmm, fans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Q's Q and A's and all of the shit comes out. And they just are very honest. They're very honest yeah. about it. Yeah. Um they'll say when something was completely manufactured and when something was like real. Okay. So, so it's a mix. I, I, I know that not all of this is real. I just, one of the things I don't like about reality television is that you feel like sometimes people are being insincere to cause drama, yeah. to get better ratings on the show, to make it more interesting. Yeah. And that's just uncomfortable to watch for me for a lot of the time. I think a lot of, there's, to me, the things that I can see which are manufactured and which things are real is when quite often the mums will, as they're sitting there watching their kids dance, mm-hmm. watching their kids rehearse, they will start to pick at something. And you know that that's something where the producers have said to them beforehand, like, it'd be really interesting if you guys, you know, talked to this person about this one thing. Oh, so even like that moment, it's like, hey, why did Asia's mum get to go downstairs to the floor? That is 1,000% manufactured. Right, okay. I guarantee you. Because okay. they do that shit all the time where they like, if there's one person who's been given an advantage and another one who's been like an, a child who's been given an advantage for some reason mm-hmm. and a child who's been given like a crappy routine or who didn't get a routine despite the fact that she won the week before or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. the mothers sit there and they turn to the one who was wronged that week and they say, it's completely unfair that your child didn't get a solo this week. You should go talk to Abby about that. They did say that. And it's like, no, you guys know that, like, everybody knows that you don't go talk to Abby about what Trying routines to get us, yeah, have yeah, been. Yeah. Abby doesn't change her mind. Everybody knows that. I know that. And I don't even know Abby. So she's never going to change <laughs> her mind. So yeah. that's clearly something where they, they do that for the drama. Right. Okay, okay. But okay. I think a lot of the stuff that happens, like, with the kids. Oh, yeah, the kids aren't really faking any of The kids of this. aren't really faking any of it. It's all the mums. And, and so that's, for me, the part that I like is the dancing and yeah I'd, kids. I'd much rather it to be a, more, a bit more focused on the actual talent and yeah. on the actual rehearsal but i guess one of the ways of for them that would be difficult in the show is they literally can't record as much and on reality television anytime it like anytime something is based in reality uh when you're filming it you require hours of content uh, to make it into just like totally. a 10, 20, 40 minute thing. Uh, so that would be quite difficult, I can imagine, as a producer or even as an editor or a director or however that really works. I'm not entirely sure for reality television. I guess it's mostly producers driving the force. Uh, we've, yeah. seen, we've seen we've Unreal. unreal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel this is a little more... I feel like in this show, everybody knows that they're being manipulated and is kind of in on it. Apart from some of the mums who are just like, 
it's my kid. I don't want to just fucking make it harder for them. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes they bite and sometimes you can tell that the mums are like, I know what the producers want me to do and this time I'm not going to bite because it really will make it worse for my daughter this week. Okay, and yeah. I feel like they sort of like share it out as to who's going to like <laughs> bite that week. Right, With whatever's right. being picked on. So the ones and who I think are more like not manipulative might have their moment to be more manipulative. Yeah, or right. I think that it might be, you know, sometimes those like yelling fits are real because even though they all know that they've been told to pick on something, if they poke the right way, oh, yeah, and one you actually is will anger the, the mum. Even though she knows she's being manipulated, mm. she's still likely to, you know... If Doesn't mean it's not going to work. If you're sitting there going, your daughter's shit, she can't dance, <sighs> then, like, of course you're going to bite and have a, you know, screaming fit. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's sort of like... I don't enjoy those, but I don't hate. Well, as your past, you know, you have been exposed to this. Yes. But what kind of level of, like, similarities do you see? Because the thing that I hate about this show, is this common in, in, in I guess, like, more, like, bigger dance schools, but mums getting to, like, sit in and watch? Uh, it's a tricky one. In terms of having a viewing platform like this, mm-hmm. it really does depend on the school. Um, the both schools that I have taught at, we had a a window in one of them where if we chose to open the curtain, oh yeah, the parents could watch, which we sometimes did for younger kids. Oh yeah, like yeah. you know the kids, the parents were bringing their kids to Saturday morning ballet, like. Mm-hmm let them watch through the window. That's fine. Uh, and in the other school, we had kind of a a little raised stage because it was a church. It was a yeah, former church. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Where if we wanted to, we could say, hey, mums, feel free to come in and watch this bit. We're going to, like, we're going to do the whole dance. Do you guys want to come see how it's looking? So we would give opportunities, but we would never have them there watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, also, most moms don't want to sit around and, like, watch their kids dance. Mm, I, 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 I guess that could be the case, um, uh, or parents in general, not necessarily just mums. Uh, but I, 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 I just, the, the only thing that there's a uh, karate uh, dojo near my place or a taekwondo place um, near my house, and uh, every time I walk past it, I'm just like, uh, constantly seeing just like these long list of chairs in the middle section where the parents who are like of the younger kids definitely yeah. are just like like they're either like they're tentatively watching or just like on their phone or like reading a newspaper yeah. and I'm just like oh you're, you're staying with them for practice it's kind of cute yeah um, but I'm like like you know it, it's it's very different in terms of like certain dynamics for different types of rehearsals I totally suppose. and it just depends on you know if if the kids there for an hour. Then it, you know, sometimes it makes sense to sit there and watch. But if you're dropping them off for five hours worth of oh, classes, then yeah. fucking go home, go and do something else. <laughs> um, but this is again, that's another kind of manufactured thing. You can tell that these guys have been asked to sit there and watch mm, the mm, rehearsals. Mm, they it's wouldn't part normally. of the show, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. But I would, as a former dance teacher, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a former dance teacher. In case we've never mentioned that on the podcast before, I'm pretty sure we've brought it up twice in this episode. But yes, yeah, well, nice yes. to reiterate. Uh, I hate having parents in the room. Oh, I've, I can only understand that completely. I really, really can. You just feel so scrutinized. You and, just feel like every single thing you say. And dance teachers predominantly are known for being not cruel, but 
aggre- like harsh, a- a- authoritative. Yes, because technique is very difficult. Yeah, with this type of dance. Yeah, it's not. You can't just constantly reaffirm and 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 be like nice. Yeah, um, I mean, you look. You can be nice. You can. It just it depends on the kind of studio you're at. It depends on what the goal of that class is. Mm-hmm. If I'm teaching a fun jazz class. Like, I'll be a lot less harsh. I'll be a lot... I won't have my ballet bitch voice on. Right. If I'm teaching. That's right. It's a different voice, isn't it? It's totally a different voice. Yeah. It's a different way of teaching um, than than if I did. Or if I'm teaching a private, it's different again. Mm. I've had a lot of mums who come in and like to watch privates, uh, which I understand because it's it can be a bit nerve-wracking, particularly if you're a new teacher leaving your kid alone with somebody that you don't know. Right, okay. Um, so I had some mums who stayed for like the first three weeks of private lessons with their kids, mm-hmm. um, which is annoying at first. Because those can be quite critical because it's just all the attention. Yeah, right totally. Yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and it ends up being a lot of like turning and talking to mums about what's happening um, instead of And that's wasting focusing, a lot of time from, yeah. yeah, the kid. Yeah, focusing on just let's just get this done. So... Yeah, I would. I hate having mothers watch or parents watch. I just think it's a waste of time. I think that you should, ha- like, I think that you should provide an opportunity for parents to come see a class per term. Mm. You know, we used to have Parents Week every week, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that they can come in and see what their child is doing. It's good that they want to be involved, but it's not conducive to a learning environment no. to have your mother there. No, because then you end up just watching what what your mum thinks. It's why even though I think you should have Parents Week, I also hate Parents Week because it's incredibly distracting. The kids start to think it's like... It's almost a write-off. It's totally a write-off. Yeah. You can't teach anything new. You're not, even corrections aren't going to be taken properly because they're too busy going like, what does my mum think? What does my mum think? Mm-hmm. What does my mum think? Mm-hmm. And you can see it in these kids on this show. Anytime they something happens that they don't want it to happen, they look up at their mothers mm. and they go, what's going on? I don't want to do this. Can you come down and rescue me? Or even like... If something that happens that they know their mother wouldn't approve of, it's more like, oh, no, don't. Don't, don't come down. Don't come down. Don't come down. Don't, don't come make down. a scene. Don't make a scene. Or, like, don't pay, be paying any attention. You didn't see that, right? <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> um, you know, it's just so distracting. Mm, mm. You can't get the best out of a kid. So does that mean you don't enjoy the mum aspect? Because I'm just trying to understand a bit of the appeal. It's It certainly isn't what I go to the show for. But it is also a guilty pleasure of yours. Is I understand, like, the thing that you're more interested in is the kids. Yeah. And, and how, like, the the dancing actually I love to see the kids and the progress technique and, and actually getting Abby to, like, you know, try and better them and push them. Yeah. Obviously, I think it's quite harsh. Yes. Um, but I'm also not exposed to that world. But I think Abby, is, is she a touch too much? Oh, yes. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Okay. She, is, she is the problem with Abby... I'm sorry, this is becoming less a discussion about the TV show and more a discussion about my opinions of how you should teach dance. (laughs) The problem with Abby is that she doesn't keep the dancing in the realm of dance. She takes it to a very personal level. So so she always kind of this attachment to a theme. No, no, it's it's not that. It's about when when she is correcting a child. It's not always about correcting the child. Sometimes she gets so frustrated that she goes like why aren't you picking this up? You're so stupid. Mm. And so it takes it into that realm of it's no longer about dance and it's about the person. Oh, I it's get It's about the mean. dancer. It's about the child. And so then the child isn't going like, my, I need to fix this thing in my dance. And I'm they're going, I'm not good enough. I'm stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, yeah. 
And and so that I think is actually where the problem with Abby is. And it's really difficult. And in some ways I understand where Abby comes from because it's very hard as a dance teacher to remove yourself from the passion of the work. Right. Um, it's a very creative field, but it's hard to be both a creative field where you want to express a story and emotion while you're also trying to teach mm. and be a good educator. And put them in the right, like, thing that will push them to be a better dancer. Exactly. But also not be too far out that they wouldn't win. Exactly. That's right. And And to go, you know, the best thing to win this competition, which which provides accolades for your team, which makes you look good, which, mm. you know, you're in it to win it. Yeah. Maybe the best thing for the to win the routine is to put this person as the lead in the routine. But actually, that's not providing an opportunity to develop the other dancers yeah, in no, the group. That's the thing that I think would bother me most about the show is just seeing Maddie, 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 Maddie. Totally. Absolutely. Even though I already knew who Maddie was before I saw Dance Moms. Yeah, because she's become hugely famous because she's a very, very talented child. So it's very... I understand so much of where Abby comes from. I just hate the way she does it. Yeah, okay. Um, and, And so that's... I find that interesting watching Abby's teaching methods and sitting there going like, I agree with that, but I really don't agree with that. Mm. Yeah. Cause she's not entirely unfounded in some of the things that she says more directed towards the mums. Yes. But uh, yeah, no, it's some, this is quite, this was quite hard for me to watch, especially mm. a second time. So tell me what, what was it? Were that what moments really like made you cringe? The, when uh, Maddie and Chloe were on opposite ends of the room, yeah. like, like, okay, now you stand there and you turn around your back. And See, why did that, what, what was wrong with that? Because. I did that fucking all the time. You would do that? You would not let them see the other person? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that it's better to have the girls help each other than be, like, competitive with each other. It's a test. Like, to just see if you'll listen to me? If you're trying to remember, if you're trying to see which kid remembers the routine, you don't want one person to watch it first because then they will remember the routine. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that that, that, that actually would be unfair. Yeah, yeah. But then just have them do it separately. Then why why have them in the same room at the same time? Because why are you going to send one out and then have the other one get, like, why not have them in the same room? Well, because for the entire purpose, it, it almost seemed like it was shaming them. Nah. It, and, and that they were like, like having to feel the energy of, is she landing this? Is she doing it right? Like, I know they would be thinking the same thing if it was in the other room, but them being right there, that felt almost. I have no problem with that okay. whatsoever. Okay. That, that, that made me cringe every single time I saw it. <laughs> Another thing that made me cringe was. See, that's the thing. When I was watching that, I was actually like, why do the pump mothers have such a problem with this? Like, because it was clear to me that that's what she was doing, that she was right. testing See, them. That wasn't entirely clear to me. I, don't, but, yeah. I, I, I understand that. When I was watching it, I was kind of like, it's clear to me that she's doing it because she's testing them mm-hmm. and she wants one to what to to do it first and the other one to see 
to make sure they're not copying either the steps or the way that they're doing it. She wants oh, them to, to do their own to thing. To do their own thing. Yes, but then why have them in the same room? Because why bother Why bother sending one out? It's just a waste of time. Well, all the mums are there, so all the other daughters are somewhere else. Yeah, but they, they, she doesn't want her to go, you know, oh, upstairs and watch and, oh, you know, okay, like, right. uh, or to go out and to relax and forget about what she's actually there to do. But then again, that that's also problematic in terms of the fact that, like, I was convinced by the mums. Exactly. Of, of like, the that, fact that was they were a like, bad thing. If you don't have a dance background, you would be convinced a lot by the mums yeah, but in I mean, terms of certain um, emotions in the show. Totally. I get that. I think that's part of what the show is trying to do. Right. The show is trying to have you on side with the mums and have Abby be the bad guy. And I don't want to. I don't want to be on side with half of those mums. But you, but you see this from a mum's perspective, yes. of, from somebody who's not educated as a dancer or as a dance teacher. And trying to look out for those kids. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So yeah. that makes perfect sense. I'm sorry, what, what was the other one that oh, you Oh, well, no, the that? thing that always made me sigh, the bloody stakeout with Jill and Christy in the <laughs> freaking black coats. I mean, it's winter, it's cold. Yeah, why would they happen to both be in black and wearing sunglasses? If they see you, they're gonna see you. It's funny. It was, I was ridiculous. Fine with it. it was it was just like I'm like, okay, what am I watching now? You know what? You say it's funny. But that's the kind of shit I can totally see. Like that it would actually do that. Dead mum's doing. Whoa, that felt the most manufactured in in the episode for me. I can see it. I mean, probably not in that exact way. Like they wouldn't put on dark glasses and a dark <laughs> coat and sneak around and try and with a video things. camera. Yeah. But I can totally see a dance mum showing up half an hour earlier to see who else is having a private because they've been told oh, that yeah. you know that that. You know, the teacher couldn't start any earlier. Right. Or something like that. Okay. You know, okay. that's the kind of sneakily Gosh. manipulative thing where mums, not all mums, I'm obviously Def- generalising. Protective. Really protective, protective. You know, dance mum, dance mums. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to make sure that their child is getting the best. And if there's a way for them to prove that another child is getting preferential treatment, then they, they'll take it up. They'll with take the it end. up. Mm-hmm. And they, it may not then end up with a fight at the end where they go, here's my receipts. See, as you can see, they were rehearsing extra. But, you know, it, it would be one of those things that a, t- a mum would add to the ammunition <laughs> for when they eventually blow see, up. This is, this is the way that it works in the worlds that I've been a part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it's very rare that you would have constant fights like they do on this show where oh you my fight gosh. and fight and if fight. If that was the fight, case, fight. you would not let those those parents back in. You wouldn't into let that those studio. parents back in. And you those... also they also wouldn't stay. Yeah. Like there's no if it weren't for the fact that these guys were on a reality TV show, they wouldn't have stayed as there long would as maybe they only were. be like two or three of them who were there. Yeah. Yeah. Or depending on the age of the kids and what they have else on or how long the class was going to be. Traditionally, I've seen a lot of people where you have a se- like a lot of sequence of events where a, a dance mom has been, you know, or a dance parent has been wronged or has something to say or has like a snide comment mm. and then has, you know, a bit of an argument and then has a bit of a tense moment and then finally it culminates in, an, blow, in up. an blow up whereby they do something like, you know, start personally attacking the teacher or personally yeah. attacking the other. I mean, I don't mean physically, but yeah. verbally attacking another mother. And at that point, usually it ends. Mm-hmm. It ends in some way. Somebody leaves. 
I quit. I quit. Um, that's how I've experienced this sort of parental drama in dance schools in the past. Right. Uh, and, and I've seen it get to extreme levels whereby, you know, several parents have left because one parent left. Wow. That's really common. Wow. I've seen that happen more than once. Is it because of friends of kids? Friends of kids or, like, parents being friends. Oh, okay, right. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents who are friends who, you know, if they feel that their friend was wronged by the teacher, then they might either leave at the same time or they might leave. I'll take my business elsewhere. Yeah, totally. Mm. Allow me to tell you very briefly. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of the dance school, the great dance school split of 2005. Okay. Uh, as I refer to it when I talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. because it was a big deal. I was 15 mm-hmm. and we had, there were several dance schools in the town where I grew up and there was mine and there was a family who attended my dance school who had four kids and they all danced there and they were very intense about it. And at one point, the youngest of the of the kids wasn't allowed to perform her exam. Um, the teacher decided that she wasn't ready for it. And I mean, there'd been years of tension basically right. leading up to this, just bits and pieces here and there. But this kind of precipitated the fact that then the mother got really angry and kept coming at the teacher and saying, why isn't my child doing her exam? Why isn't she doing it? Why isn't she doing it? And then eventually the teacher was like, because she's not good enough. And then that precipitated several more weeks of little arguments and little snides and all these sorts of things. And then the teacher started to be quite rude toward the other kids because she couldn't separate herself from Mm -hmm. the argument she was Mm -hmm. having with the parent. And then eventually there was some event that happened in a class whereby I think the teacher yelled at two of the girls and then the next week the mum pulled the kids out. And that was weird and it was a very strange time in my life but at the end of that year the other dance studio where we were all doing a different style of dance because it wasn't offered yeah yeah um, yeah it wasn't offered there she decided that she was going to open up back to doing all styles of dance like she had like 15 years earlier Mm -hmm. and instead of just the one style of dance that she'd been teaching and we were all like that's coincidental since the whole big family with multiple, with multiple yeah, children yeah, yeah. have left and don't have a studio anymore. So she opened that. So this other teacher opened up this other dance studio where the family left. I'm trying to be very vague with names. No, anybody, yeah, you're doing a good job. Anybody who knows the family will know exactly who I'm talking about. But if not, I don't want to incriminate no, no, anybody. it's good. It's good. Uh, and then floods of people left wow. because, you know, the best friend, both mother and child, went over there and this family went over there and this family went over there. And then a couple of families over here that like were only tangentially related, but then the mother had gotten in their ears and were like, come over here. My gosh. Like pull them across. They got poached. They got poached. And then like, even as time went on, more and more kids went like, oh, actually a lot of my friends sort of left this group. So I'd like to go dance with my friends Part of dance, dance classes is the friendship. It's the before and the after of the dance class. It's the social aspect. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point in telling you about the great dance school split of 2005 is to say that drama like this absolutely happened. Just it's not this much. Just not at this, yeah, frequency and scale. Mm-hmm. But it's usually more of a 
very quietly manipulative, slow boil boil type Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of almost more stressful. (laughs) It's the tension. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I've seen more than one. I'm going to say like most dance teachers that I know who have owned studios or been really heavily involved in dance studios have really suffered for it. Mm. Um, mentally and emotionally and physically as well, it's really affected them um, because, as I said, it's such an emotional, creative field that you throw so much of yourself into it and then – and then you also have to treat it like a business yeah, and you can't yeah. separate yourself out. And it's hard not to become friends with the other, with the mothers that you're teaching, their children. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of, um, uh, I think, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on her name. A famous drag queen, really good at tongue pops, has uh, their own dance Don't class. even get me started. I know. But has their own dance studio and their own Netflix show. The show's called Dancing Queen. Yes. And the I don't drag remember. queen's name is Alyssa. Alyssa, yeah. Alyssa something. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, and they're, like, on the first episode, I'd only seen the first episode, I haven't gone beyond that, is um, him trying to get to know the mums and have a moment where they're having like, you know, like a, it has like a cookout or whatever. Yeah. And they've all, they're all drinking as well. It's yeah. like, this doesn't seem like a good idea, but also you, you kind of become friends with these people. Well, yeah, it's really hard because you want to build a cohesive group. So it's that- a relationship. It's a business. You're maintaining, um, uh, repeat customers, but also you're spending time with these people. Um, so it is, it is an interesting dynamic. It's just that I would never imagine ever seeing that kind of camaraderie between Abby Lee, uh, and, uh, the other mums. Well, I think that, I think that there has been some of that camaraderie in the past more based around the kids. You, they talk a lot sometimes about how when Brooke was the favorite, they were very close because Kelly and Abby knew each other when they were young. Mm. So Abby started teaching when she was 14 and Kelly was 12 and, um, and took over a studio not long after that. So Kelly and Abby have known each other literally for years. And then when Kelly had kids and brought her kids to teach there, they already had quite a close relationship. And Abby was like, she tells a story about how when, Brooke's foot got run over. Abby was the first one at the hospital who came to support the family. Yeah, yeah. How that was, you know, actually quite a close relationship. But as tends to happen, when there's kids and emotion and art and business mixed together, things just get too messy. Mm. Things get too mm. messy and you can't separate out so that when all of a sudden the child of your friend makes a mistake and you have to tell them off in class and then you have to go back and explain to that mother why you yelled at their child. It's a different conversation when you're having that with a friend than if you're having that professionally with a mother as a teacher. Mm. And that's where shit hits the fan. The thing that I think bothers me about this show is uh, while sometimes I'm okay with this in fictional shows, um, the payoff isn't always inside the single episode. Um, as we mentioned in terms of in real life, you know, it's actually more of a slow boil or sometimes it builds to a heat and mm. it, it, there is a lot of frequency and it definitely tries to resolve itself or at least part of it resolves itself in this episode. It's multiple episodes a storyline occurs. And so sequence of events will affect what happens in the next episode greatly. Yeah. And uh, the relationship between two of the girls or like, you know, 
the mums specifically, like this had a, like we get previouslys and things like that, especially in reality TV shows. So it's easier for you to pick up the pieces. But you know, I didn't fully without that show context, yeah. you know, and that episode context wouldn't have been like, oh, so this is why they're super mad at each other. Yeah. Um. Oh, they they actually like disrupted the rehearsal so much that the girls were stopping and looking up, being like, "What is going on?" Yeah. Uh. And that there was a few moments. You know, you got the two girls one solo thing. You've got um seeing how Maddie and Chloe were differently reacting. You're seeing uh Christy bury the hatchet with Kelly, uh bonding over over a nice moment. Uh. But you know, again, that that was part of the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got in contained in one episode the dance, the competition at the end, and so I, I see that it is still episodic. You still do have resolutions to certain aspects, but a number of these events that happen in this episode aren't really going to have as much payoff until the next episode or the episode after that. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, whether it's a bug or a feature. Are two is is a one way to look at it. I mean, that's part of reality TV in general, isn't it? The relationships oh, between, <laughs> like, I'm just I'm trying to draw comparison to RuPaul's Drag Race or America's Next Top Model Drag Show. Like reality it's kind TV is different when it's a competition show. It is a bit. Although I guess in a way, this is also a competition show. It, it well, it is a competition show, but in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, part of the. Like I say, whether it's a bug or a feature, but it's definitely specific to this show, is that uh, the structure of it is... So... The structure of this show means that a lot of the quote-unquote drama culminates at the end of the episode because it happens at the competition, after the competition, after the awards, as a result of the awards. And so while you may get kind of the climax at the end of the episode, there's no kind of resolution mm. until the start of the next episode. Mm. And then... Or it might keep going or, and build again. Or you, but, but resolution in terms of how this changes oh, the yeah. dynamic for future like, episodes. They may not have resolved their feelings for each other, but the, that fight in itself is resolved at a point. It ends. Yes, yeah. exactly. So quite often we end at, like, at the top of the drama or at the kind of the point where we go like, the drama has concluded, but what this means means that you come back next week. It's part of the make sure you come back next week to see how this plays out. Mm. I'm sort of okay with that. I Some shows I think can do a really good job at this. Reality TV, I don't like doing it as much. Yeah, I think it, it, but it makes has more, more of a sense. It has more of a space in reality TV because I feel like reality TV knows it's manipulating us, so like... Sure. Just keep manipulating Just us. Just keep manipulating us into coming back next week. Yeah. Um and, and be blatant about it. You're not why are you trying Absolutely to hide the fact? Blatant. Yeah. With with a very like, you know, I get to the end of it and I look forward to the watching the next week on Dance Mums because I'm like, ooh, I want to see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It just means that like on a single viewing of an episode, it's not as satisfying, I suppose. It's it's like it's 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 lengthening the experience and potentially lowering the quality of the individual experience you have each in each sitting. I don't disagree with you about yeah. that. Yeah, but, but that's I think also the show knows it's not designed for people to drop in at any time. Yeah, I, I I guess that's 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 part of the problem. But also, it would need to be something that I enjoyed. <laughs> and it's it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's that it's it's kind of like what you said. 
I would be really enjoyed in the uh, interested in this show if it had a, more on the kids um, and and a bit more on the dancing. The dancers, by the way, does. Abby Lee choreographed all of those or does she get help from some of that other assistant? It depends. Um, usually the Cory is hers. No, actually that's kind of a lie. As, as we kind of saw when they came to spy. Yes. Uh, they kind of were saying, you know, Gianna teaches Maddie's and this other teacher teaches Mackenzie's. Mm. So I actually think that some of the choreography is Abby's. Some of it is taught by completely other teachers that we don't see. Gianna, the other teacher who's in the room, yeah. is pretty much always with Abby, mm-hmm. usually demonstrating, fixing, tidying, yeah. Yeah. cleaning, yeah. that yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So I think that she's very heavily involved in a lot of the choreography. Mm-hmm. But choreography doesn't always have to be a one-person thing. It can be a collaborative effort. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, I, right. I can, I can see that perhaps... That's just a lot to do every damn yeah. week. I don't think that she does all of it. Yeah, I yeah. think and usually what rehearsals we see may not be the rehearsals where they're learning. Oh yeah. The routines. Yeah, yeah. I think quite often they've learned it in another room and they're coming in to polish it with Abby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and then at some point she does change it, you know, you can see her very clearly changing um choreography and seeing, you know, whether the kids get it, that's always a source of tension. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't pick up Cory quickly, it's really hard to fucking teach. But yeah. I don't think she does all of it, mm. for sure. No, yeah, because that was the only other thing I wasn't really sure of. Um, but but that, that's not something that is explicit in the show. No. They try to definitely make it look in the show like she does all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, because, like, some of the some of the backstage, the other stuff, like, if this was a, a more of a, a public space for anyone to be doing classes and things like that and how the business worked, that would almost be more enticing to me. Um, but also I also see that not legitimately working because was, then that's multiple kids involved and then that's, uh, you know, rights in terms of you need to have permission and also then you're dealing with a whole bunch of people who do or don't want to be included and then only people who were there were going to be, you know. I mean, I understand the logistics behind why we're not necessarily getting exactly what we want specifically, mm. but I know there's a lot of people who like this show because of that drama. There was a lot more of what you're talking about, how the business runs other people in the, in and around and going to competitions that they weren't being run by them in season one right. and a little bit in season two. They they refined or changed the way that they did things in order to make life easier for them. Right. So there's, there's a bit in season one, for example, where a mother that's completely not related to anything, anything in our team comes in and has a screaming fit at Abby about something unrelated. She comes in and her daughter had been kicked out of class for wearing socks. Um, and does that happen in, in the ballet world? It was an acro class. You oh, okay. You yeah. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. You can't wear socks to an acro class. She wasn't wearing the correct attire. So she yeah. got thrown out of class. Yeah. I do the same thing. It's dangerous. Yeah. Um, but the, the mother came in and screamed and screamed and screamed and Abby had to call the police and it was a whole big thing. Gosh. And, and that was shown on the TV show because it was an event that happened. But as time went on, they just, I think they set aside special filming times when the studio wouldn't be as full so that they wouldn't have, it's Mm -hmm. exactly what you said. You understand Mm -hmm. why they've done it that way, but it would be, it would be nice to see this live in the context of a greater kind of functioning studio. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a bit more of a focus on the children instead of the mums. I totally agree. I really like that. But again, logistically, both of us understand why that is not going to be the case. I also think they could probably spend a bit more time with the kids 
the other problem with the kids is that kids always aren't interesting. It's, you know, they don't all have the right personality to be on camera. I'm yeah. finding that a lot in the latest season is that a lot of, some of the kids we have are really, you know, articulate and have personalities. And there's a couple of them who are just like blank slates. Is part of the appeal of the show seeing the kids grow and develop and improve? Absolutely. Okay. It is probably my number one favourite thing about this show is watching kids go from, you know, a tiny little tumbler like Mackenzie to, you know, quite a mature young dancer and and seeing, you know, how they grow and change and what's different. And which different, styles they end up focusing which on. Which styles they focus on. That kind of thing. It's my favourite. Mm. Um, one I, thing I, I don't like about watching that is okay. when we get kids that come from other studios who may have better technique and then see them devolve. And it's not necessarily because Abby's a bad teacher, but it's because the problem with this show is that they don't spend a lot of time in class. Yeah, no, they spend time practising a routine. Practising a routine. They yeah. don't spend a lot of time developing their technique and learning how to do new skills and that kind of thing. So there's a dancer who joins the team later on who, when she first joins the team, she's stunning. I can't say enough great things about the way that this child dances. I would watch her forever. And as time goes on, and it's also difficult because she also goes through her like bodily change mm. and that's difficult for any dancer to yes, navigate. Yes, yes, yes. But if you're going through your bodily change Actually, and you're not being trained correctly, it's yeah. really hard. And she devolves quite a bit. Gosh, I actually saw the episode of Dance Academy where that was a very key plot point. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I've seen like four episodes of Dance Academy and that was one of them. Hilariously, boobs not so much the issue. Really? Hips. Oh. Hips are your issue when right. you when a when a child goes through that kind of puberty, the bones shift, mm. your turnout changes. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't developed the muscles correctly in a young child, you could have huge problems with your hip. That's why I've been to the physio every week for the past three weeks. Um, Gosh. Because everything just starts working differently. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah like, every other changes and, and the way that you're, you know. Posture. Posture and, and also, like, just generally, you know, ladies, a lot of our thighs just get bigger and mm. then it's it's weight distri distributed yeah. differently for jumping, you know. Not to mention the fact that, uh, I mean, like, I imagine it's very similar because um, in on the male side of things, you know, you get gangly and awkward and you get uncoordinated because your limbs are in different places and, and you're not used to where yeah. things are. Yeah, I, the way that I've always seen the development is like six to nine, you know, pretty you, you get pretty comfortable in your body. Nine to 11, you get gangly and awkward. And then 11 to 13, you go through your, your like body puberty change and then maybe from 13 onwards you might get comfortable in your body again a little bit more stable but there's like a six-year period in there where it's like you're just gonna be awkward for a bit honey like it's <laughs> yeah, okay it's fine we'll We're work all, around it happening. don't worry about yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's really hard to to find your body changing mm. and to change the whole way that you dance accordingly. So I know we've mentioned it quite a bit, um, but why did you pick this episode? And that might like give me a little bit into why you liked the show. Um, we talked about this last time we picked, uh, we did this show. I could pick any episode. Yeah, you did, didn't you? They're all kind of the same. Yeah. Um. So no, I I, I had a I had a, a 
like when I, I, I thought I had a, like a really nice moment. I was like, oh, she's making them do the same routine. So she's going to like do this. And I was like, oh, wait, no. I mean, that's the episode title, Two Girls, One Solo. I wasn't actually very smart when I tried to figure it out. But I was I was really interested to be like, oh, how a different girl does a different choreography and just like an audition. Like, how that's did you what find that? What, watching it, did you see there is if there was a big difference? I look, I definitely don't have the No no, but the, that's why I'd like yeah, to know yeah, your yeah. opinion. So I, I I didn't really pick it as much. Um it was more the facial reactions. So I was kind of watching the facial reactions instead of the people instead of the dancing. Well at least on my second the facial, viewing. as in the reactions of the people in the audience? Yes, the mums, uh, uh Abby. I, I did really love that we cut to like a previous clip that we didn't see during Asia's performance where she's like, I was even mouthing at you to not lip sync. Yeah. You know, it was it was really good because she Abby wants them to succeed. She wants them to do really totally. well. She doesn't want, I think, to sabotage them, but it seems to happen as a result of the structure of the show and building drama. Sometimes they, they talk a lot about whether or not she sets kids up to fail. Favourites. Totally. That's what I don't like. It's really hard as a dance teacher not to have favourites. Because some kids just really get it and it's really fun to work with them. And, and they actually listen to what you say. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, I, I can understand that. I, it's the dirty little secret of, a, of <laughs> any, any teacher. teacher. It's, there are just some kids who you get and you're like. You're a ball of sunshine. <laughs> either they're a ball of sunshine or they're like insanely talented. get it. And they click and they mm. get it and they listen or they're well behaved. There are kids that you love because they're well behaved, but they're like. And you're like, oh, you're so sweet. And you treat them really well, obviously. I yeah, mean, you yeah. treat everybody well, but then, like, if you get it's a kid... It's a give and take. Some kids are giving you more, and then it's it's natural for you to accidentally give them a bit more there attention. There are also just kids else. that you click with. Like, yeah. there are some kids who aren't bad kids, but who I, as a teacher, could not connect with. There's, there's There was a kid in Kalgoorlie who we we both knew that our personalities clashed. Mm-hmm. To the point where at one point I was teaching a class, but I was away at the for the first three weeks of term. I was on holidays and she joined that class when it was taught by somebody else. And then when she realized it was taught by me, she was like, oh, that's not going to work. I've left the class and I arrived back and I was like, fair, fair. Cool. <laughs> Like, it's just, it would have been disastrous mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we just, our personalities completely clashed. So I shouldn't really uh, demonize that kind of behavior. As long as it's... Uh, you should demonize, again, you should demonize the way that she... that Personalizes Personalizes that, that, it that, and yeah. the way that she actually actively treats kids very differently based on whether or not they're a favorite. And the comparison. I would rather her say, you're not doing this right, you should be doing it like this. Yes. And say, look what she can do. She's so much better than you. Yes. I don't like that because... That, that makes that, sense. That, it can be easy to say, like, I want this turn to look exactly like this. Look, look at how mad Who here it. can demonstrate exactly how I want it to look. I wouldn't mind a demonstration if anyone could yeah. do it. That's not what she's doing. Yeah, no. that's not yeah, what she's doing. I agree. And, and yeah, that, it just makes me uncomfortable because I'm worried about these kids and what they're... I would even love to see a little bit of before and after what they're just like, like similar to that short film we did in terms of like what that behavior is actually you like. You do get that in other episodes. Perhaps I didn't pick one where there's a lot of... Um, Candid, kind of, yeah, candid around the kids, just mm. seeing them be silly or funny or enjoying I mean, themselves. You see a little bit of it, you know, sort of when Maddie comes off stage and her sister comes and hugs her, and then she, she's like, no, no, yeah, no. drops her, and, yeah. and and I think that's an important moment to see. Yeah, no, that a, was nice. It's, I mean, it was it nice, nice, but it's it's 
I think it's interesting to see how the kids react to this very high pressure situation. It was engaging. And so it is quite uncomfortable sometimes to see the kids' video diaries. Yeah. See those moments because they're like, you know, I I I, I want to win for Abby and this. And it's like, what do you want? Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, I, you know, I want to make my mom happy or, you know, it was really nice to see my mom smiling after that yeah. performance or like, you know, it's really annoying because me and Chloe are actually friends or... And you're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. There's, it's so sincere, but it's sad and almost it's sincerity because I'm totally. worrying about the effect that it has on these children. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really difficult. Um, but it also, you know, the opportunities these kids have gotten, I guess, is incredible. Um, but I just I just hope that, you know. Hope that everyone's okay. Yeah. My, my opinion has always been about teaching and also about this show is that a, a teacher is there to be harsh and to provide criticism and to teach and they should be fair and they should be equitable and they should be kind where necessary, but they are not there to provide love. Mm-hmm. That is what a parent should be there for. So and my, friends. Sorry? And friends. And friends. Yeah. Oh, and friends. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, She's, and, teacher is not your friend. No, a teacher yeah. is not your friend. And so to me, I – my anger at the show always comes back to the mums more than it comes back to Abby because it is my opinion that a dance teacher is has a certain role mm-hmm. and although Abby oversteps that role a lot, it is the mum's job to protect their children or provide them the support or to explain to their children like, now, when Miss Abby says this, you should listen. When Miss Abby says that, you should not listen. Mm. You know, which is a big thing that um, Holly, who didn't have much to do with this episode. No, I like Nia's Holly. Mom, yeah. She she talks about that all the time, how she sits down with Nia and she says, Nia, Miss Abby, in many ways, wants the best for you. But if she says something like this. But if this, she says something like this, that opinion is not something that you should mm. be listening to. You come to me mm. and we will talk that out yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And that is how... I would love this show to go. Mm. In my ideal world, that's what this show looks like. It's it's seeing the mothers be the support for their children and, yes, going to bat for them where necessary, where it's going to be helpful. Don't bother arguing with Abby about something if she's not going to win and she's just going to take it out on your kid. If it's that toxic, you should leave. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's a simple. there's a way to deal with Abby. So in my ideal world, this show would be less about the drama. Yeah. I totally admit yeah. it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. A thousand percent admit it. But I mean, like, probably one of the reasons why it's successful is because of the drama, because that's what people enjoy on reality TV shows. At least that I've heard. I'd be curious to talk to somebody who is in it for the drama, because, because there, there there must be people. There must be people, but. I don't enjoy it. No, and you don't enjoy no. it. So, <laughs> who is watching it for the for the mama drama? Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't actually know. I'm sure there are, but I mean, they go to meet and greets. But again, I would go to the meet and greet to see the kids. Oh, because it's the kid and the mum. Yeah, not just the mum. No, no, it's usually the kids, and it's usually the kids that the kids are there to see. Like people going to meet and greets. Are 12-year-olds who idolise the other 12-year-old. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about the mothers, so why is it about the mothers? Because they can film them with... Because they can film them all the time, yeah. Um, So, ranking this is hard. Totally. Uh, Ultimately, like, I what I do like about this show is just not what I'm kind of getting from it. Yeah. Uh, As we've talked about many times, 
it, but I I like the fact that you know it's an interesting theme. It's it's good to expose kids to some of this stuff. I thought she did a, a little, a, just a, a tad too much because she even started crying when she was talking about her dad. Um, I don't mind. I'm, I'm okay with that, but I'm just also like this is a dance class. You don't need to expose them to the harsh realities of life. Depends. If you want to teach a kid how to emotionally engage with a piece of music and a piece of art, which is part of what you need to teach as a dance if, teacher. If, if these people were, you know, from 11 onwards. But these... No, nah, I do it. You do it young. Really? Absolutely. <sighs> Absolutely. Because you can't... I look, I've lived a very sheltered lifestyle and that's not always the best way to do it. throw emotional connection onto a kid at the age of 13 and just go like, hey, you've never had to emotionally connect to a dance before, but all of a sudden, bam, here you go. Right. Cancer. Like, <laughs> if you start it when they're younger, they actually have time to grow and develop. And it's not like she was, you know, showing them pictures of what cancer no, looked yeah, like. Yeah, I it was guess. a case of, you know, let's talk about how this emotionally affects us. This, no, no, it, well, like, I, I didn't mind it when she was mentioning before. It's like, People live with this every day. Yeah. People die of this every day. Kids are with, with this because, you know, kids, you know, have totally. cancer. Yeah. And, and you know, I appreciate the fact that they were like and, and be, you know, more open-minded to the fact that there, there are other kids who don't have these sort of opportunities and they're happy and they're healthy. But I, I just, oh, that made me uncomfortable. But I did really enjoy, you know, them trying to put the dance to a theme. I really love storytelling and dance and how interpretive movement can be done to try and portray that. Yeah. I just didn't really get to see the whole show. I was just cutting away to video diaries or cutting away to this sort of thing. I didn't really get to see the whole performance or hear the whole song. Yeah. So it... Which is a, it's the thing that annoys me, but I'm used to it now. Yeah, yeah. It's probably something that's just like second nature to you. Um, not second nature. It's just like... It's still annoying. There are times <laughs> when I'm like, stop... Looking at the mothers. I don't give a shit about the mothers. But as you said, as somebody who doesn't understand the dancing, you look to the reactions. Yeah, no, because that gives me an indication of someone's doing a good or bad job. Exactly. Because I was like, I thought Abby, a Asia killed it. And I was like, okay, so no, she did kill it. Okay, I did kind of get that. Like, you know, I've looked at a few other things and I've watched a lot of dance competitions in my time. Like, So You Think and Dance was very big in my household. It was, when I say household, I mean my mum. Definitely me and mum. Uh, when we had in Australia, we were like, woo, woo, woo. And then when one of the judges was like uh, on Mary Poppins, we're like, oh, let's go to Mary Poppins and see him do Step in Time. You know, we love it. None of us have really done any of it. Like, all I've done is pole dancing up to this point, um, but I find it absolutely Excuse fascinating. Excuse me, I took you for, like, two whole ballet lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, don't you forget your ballet training, oh, young sir. I do not remember. For, I don't remember, I think, third position. I remember fourth. What do you think fourth is? That? Yes, that is fourth. Thank you. <laughs> Good for a podcast medium, isn't it? Anyway, uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna give it one eye. Okay. Which I'm surprised. I was, I was thought I was gonna give it no eyes. Yeah. But um, I like the fact that. Well, actually, I like and don't like the fact that Abby is the bad guy in this show because she's not. And 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 hearing you kind of, even though she's been to prison for fraud, um. Hearing you... That's actually not a black and white situation, but anyway. No, yeah, no, I mean, like, to someone who doesn't know all the details, and I'm sure that it's really interesting for anyone else who wants to read up on that. Yeah. We don't need to give all the information down no. on this podcast, because, again, we're talking about dance moms, not Abby Lee Miller. Yes. Um, I, I I find, you know, the storytelling of, of, like, how they're going to work and, and seeing the kids' interactions between each other, I, I enjoy that. Um, but it's very much a show that I could just be on the background so I could just tune out, be doing something else as soon as the mums are on. Totally. And it's not that I don't respect them as people, but 
a little bit the way that these characters are portrayed in reality TV, like very much in other reality TV shows, this is not how they are as people. Yeah. So the characters that these are, I don't respect. Yeah. And it's hard for me to watch a show when I don't respect the characters that are on there. Because these, these are characters. These are not like genuine representations of those moms. One thing that I would um, encourage, and I nearly gave you an episode from season one, but I chose not to in the end because I don't find the episodes of season one that strong, but the season one arc, they actually work to build an arc in that TV, in the season, first season where it starts somewhere. And again, it's very clearly produced this way, but it's really satisfying. Mm -hmm. Um, It it works like a story. Mm. Um, If you watch the first season, which is only 12 episodes. Oh yeah. uh, Then it kind of, it just builds really well and ends really nicely. If you don't watch any more dance moms, I would really encourage people to watch the first season because I think that there's... If, if you're not interested in the dance mom drama, but potentially... I mean, there, if, if I mean, you like the dance is, mom drama... There is still some dance Oh, still no, I'm sure. I'm just saying but... if, if anyone listening actually genuinely enjoys think, that drama. I think in season one, there, there are more kind of touching moments. Right. Um, sweet moments. They worked harder to create some lightness, um, whereas now they're like, yeah, we got people in and now we don't need to create any more lightness. We've got shouting audience. coming soon after yes. the the next ad break. Yes, shouting, shouting, and more shouting. Mm, they're in black coats and sunglasses. I wonder what they're doing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, one eye. One eye. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good work. Uh, mm. That was that was good. Um. I, it ended up being less about the TV show, more about just like Jane's background. <laughs> and dance I mean, it, it's a bit hard to talk about it. Um, yeah. critically, I mean, like I, I gave it a good go in terms of structure. Uh, I think we did a good job. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I. I get why you watch it, but ultimately you're watching it because there's not another better dance show out there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. One thousand percent. And and I fully understand that half the reason I relate to this show is because it just depicts something that was such an important part of no, my it's, life. It's, and it's that, your and world. The, it's a world you were a part of for so long. Absolutely. And the fact that I can look at it from at least two of the pre, three perspectives shown there, which is I can look at it as a young da- dancer in a potentially not so healthy relationship with her dance teacher, like mm-hmm. slightly toxic um, relationship with her dance teacher. And I can also look at it as a dance teacher struggling to keep my own emotions in check and just be business and about the dancing and not let your personal dislike for students and all their parents get in the way of teaching. Mm -hmm. So I can't yet see it from the perspective of being a dance mum, but I have spent a lot of my life thinking about the kind of dance mum I would be. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is a very difficult thing for me to do because in many ways, I think I had a great dance mum because I had a dance mum who knew nothing about dance. (laughs) But was just supportive. But she was supportive, but she also was just like, yeah, you do you. Like (laughs) I would come off stage and she'd be like, did you do good? <laughs> she wouldn't come she didn't and, know. Yeah, she yeah. didn't know. She yeah. didn't come off and be like, that was amazing, darling, well done. Good turn. Even if she didn't know. Yeah. Like some mums come off and just be like, you did a great job, regardless of whether or not they knew that. And that kind of creates a bit of false. Oh, yeah, I don't like that in this show. If the mums will just be like, I think it happened more in the last episode that we I watched. I think so. Where they're like, uh, but in this one, job. it was like. It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah, no, you did a really great job. And she did this. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, she did do a really great job. 
But uh, yeah, I don't like it if, if you're just saying, oh, you were amazing. You did this. It was like, great job on going out there. You probably did struggle. Maybe talk to Abby if you had any problems. But yeah. how do you feel? Because I thought it was amazing you were out there. Or even, as I kind of said, there's a place for the for the mother has to be supportive and the teacher has to be critical. Yeah. So therefore, I think... But at the same time, I also, in some ways, as a young dancer, wish that I had been pushed a little bit more by my mother right. because I wasn't, I didn't work that hard growing up and I didn't end up being very good. Whether or not I have the ability to be, I don't know. Mm. Um, but I'm not a very good dancer. That's mm. why I'm a dance teacher. Not that that's a thing for everybody. Some amazing dancers are also dance teachers. But for me, I was a teacher because I wasn't a very good dancer. But you still loved it. But I still loved it and I worked hard and I understood all the technique. I just couldn't necessarily do it. But it's a case of if I understood the technique, theoretically I could have been able to do it. But perhaps if I'd had somebody behind me saying, like, you could be better if you worked harder, mm. like my mother, who like maybe could have encouraged me to practice a little more, that being said, I remember one time she did encourage me to practice and I was very cranky about it. But, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't think any kid enjoys hearing their parent tell them to practice more. But I just think, like, sometimes having a mother who... Uh, having a parent who is a little more pushy can help your child achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about, like... The, the balance is interesting. Is it... How do I find that balance? I've never seen anybody really do a particularly <laughs> good job. And I've seen a lot of dance moms. It's either doing it or not doing it, kind of, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like pick a lane. And it's good because in some ways I ended up being a relatively well-adjusted human being. So in that way, my and mother's example is good to follow. But And you enjoyed the community aspect of the dance classes. I enjoyed the community aspect of the dance classes. And, and I still love dancing and I love everything about it. But... I could have been a contender, you know? <laughs> Gosh. I couldn't have. I'm not good. But anyway. Um, anyway, uh, dance mums. Dance mums. Uh, look, if I feel like it, I know where to go. Season one, something in the background. Maybe yeah. it can be a show that I finally clean up my floor drove today. Yeah. Um, it's a great show for that. Yeah, because I don't have to pay full attention to it. Because I find myself, like, when I try to, like... Because obviously if I'm playing video games, I need my hands. I can't be folding laundry. Yeah. But then if I want to go to a show that's, like... I thought Krypton was going to be my way of doing this, but I ended up getting quite drawn in. Yeah. And I was just like, this is... Better than Smallville because of when it was produced, with, but it's still not good. Is it better than Supergirl? What's it doing? But then I was also like, Kurt, you have not done any of the chores you were meant to be doing while you're watching the show. Yeah. Uh, it, it might be something I could have on in the background. I highly um, recommend it. It's cute because it's really endearing because they were still figuring out how they made everything work. Anyway, that's enough. All right. What's in your eye this week, Kurt? So, in my eye this week uh, was actually a movie, uh, the Lego movie 2. Okay. Uh, I, it was something I wanted to watch in cinemas, but I never got around to it. And then my friend and I were like, hey, let's rent this and watch this. And I was like, yeah, I do want to watch this. Cool, let's watch this. Because I really enjoyed the first one. It was a really fantastic representation of nostalgia and childhood and growing up and had an amazing ending, one that I didn't expect. And I didn't know how they could do that in a sequel. And they did it in a sequel. And it was just as it was, I think, better. And there was a much better um, uh, gender balance in terms of the female character who is not just a love interest, but also super badass and actually probably the stronger and more powerful person. And the male character isn't necessarily the person in driving force. And who the villain turns out to be is just really fun and ends up being an accidental musical with certain numbers. And I'm a sucker for spontaneously bursting into song, you know. Uh, but at least this way, they were quite smart about it. Um, and so for a kid's um, 
animated, you know, toy set, stop motion combination, computer generation. It did a good job of like touching your feelings. And there's a nice cameo by Maya Rudolph, who I absolutely adore. Uh, but Elizabeth Banks, I always enjoy hearing her voice. Um, and uh, she's going to be the next Bosley in the new Charlie's Angels. Oh, there are three Bosleys. Yeah, Patrick Stewart and someone else as well. Yeah. I don't understand that, but also I've never was really. I'm probably not going to go see Charlie's Angels. Anyway, that's what's been in my eye. The Lego Movie too. I really, even though the box office did not do that well in terms of the previous movie, uh, they're probably not going to do a third one. It was really fun, and Chris Pratt voices two different characters, which is quite entertaining. Um, he's got good vocal range. He's not just uh, an entertaining guy for his funny looks and his abs occasionally in Guardians of the Galaxy. Great. Yeah. So in my eye this week is actually two movies. Oh. Both are adaptations of the same book. Oh, okay. And the book is, surprise, surprise, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I watched the two film adaptations that have been made of that before the TV show. Right. When were they done? One was done in 1963. Whoa. Yep. The other was done in 1999, I think it was. Okay. And as I was watching that, it it became apparent to me that I had actually seen that before. Really? When I was really young. So you didn't remember seeing it before? No, absolutely not. It's not actually called The Haunting of Hill House. It's just called The Haunting. Right. And I saw it when I was really, really young. I didn't really remember it. It didn't actually become clear to me that I'd seen it before until quite clear, quite near to the end. And it's because I've always had this image of there was a fireplace, like a big, big fireplace, mm -hmm. and there was... Something about a, a lion, like a stone lion in that fireplace. Right. And and a man being killed somehow by the stone lion in the fireplace. When that finally happened in the movie, after I'd already kind of been sitting there going like, I think this is the film that I vaguely recall from my childhood that I could never place. And then eventually this thing happened and I was like, it is that movie that I have a vague recollection of that I've never been able to place. And had nightmares? No? Not really. It's not actually very scary. Neither, oh, okay. Neither of them are particularly scary. Interesting. Um, the 1963 version is quite a close adaptation to the book uh, with a few changes. And the 1999 is uh, a bit more of a departure. The TV show is an extreme departure from the book. Right. Very okay. extreme. Would you recommend either of the movies uh, or do you think the TV show is still the way to go? The TV show is absolutely the way to go. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to watch either of those movies, I would definitely go for the 1963 version. Mm, especially if you liked the book, I'm imagining. Absolutely. There's one thing about the, the series, which I read basically recently, they announced some casting for the second season, right. which is not The Haunting of Hill House, but it's The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, and it's, based off of The Turn of the Screw, which is a one of the first gothic horror novels that was ever written. Oh. Um, and so they recently announced that Nellie from um, the, the actress who played Nellie in The Haunting of Hill House mm -hmm. will return to play a different character in The Haunting of Bly Manor. Similar like American Horror Story. It's a, bit, it's a little bit American Horror Story. Movie. They're doing a different story. Um, I don't think most of the other actors will return. I think they're sort of using her because... She kind of got short shifted in The Haunting of Hill House right, okay. by not getting that much because she, you know, spoilers, she dies in the first episode. <laughs> um, so I think it's a little bit, I mean, also she's just like amazing. Mm, I love mm, her. Mm. But 
when they announced that, I wrote an article that was sort of about how the haunting of Hill House, the show, um, kind of removes some of the elements from the book that were inherently about feminine anxieties and about how, you know, it's really hard to explain. <laughs> anyway, the point is I was interested to then, after reading that article, see the adaptations of the, the book. book that were a little more uh, true to the book. Mm, mm. And, and, and both movies actually do try and show the insecurities of the character of Nell, which are kind of based in not having a home, not having a place that she feels secure, that she feels comfortable wanting to um, make something of herself in some way because she's always lived this very sheltered life. Mm. Um, again, very different to the TV show. It's an entirely different story. So both movies do that really well. The 1963 version is a little less Hollywoodized. Um, the 1999 version is super Hollywood and very like late 90s special effects. <laughs> like they're pretty terrible. Anyway, I watched both of those last weekend. I really, I enjoyed watching them. It made me want to watch go go and watch the Haunting of Hill House again. Mm -hmm. But I just always want to watch that. It's constant. I just can't my desire to that return show. to that story is just so strong. It's it's a bit much for me to to you. Do you watch it all in a day? Didn't you? Uh, just about yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think it was all in a yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would do it again. Yeah, I think I I, I need to just like. I just, it feels weird watching it in the daytime, but I, I feel like I couldn't really do watching it in the nighttime. I would watch it in the day. Because, like, I don't get, I do get scared easily if it's well done. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not well done. But if it's a slasher, if it's a different genre, I don't get scared. It's, if it's not a gore, slasher. Yeah, and I know, and that's not, it's, it's, it's horror. It's kind of tension. It's, it's, it's a thriller. It's a thriller. It's yeah. kind of a thriller. Yeah. yeah. And thrillers are the things that mess me up the most at night. Yeah. Because That's it, why it I gets in your day. head. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't want to sleep now. What are these noises? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, maybe I'll just get the dog in the room and be like, I'm going to cuddle someone now. Is it okay? Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, yeah, I, I think I really need to give that another go because I think we've mentioned on the podcast, but I was very tired. I think I'd slept like two hours. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I just want to say one thing that I really enjoyed. Uh, I have been using uh, Bluetooth earphones lately. The thing that bothers me about those is when they run out of battery and then I still want to be listening to my podcast but I don't have any way of listening to them without disrupting everyone and I realized that my phone speaker is actually in like the same place where the ear hole is for like um talking on the phone yeah. so what I've been doing lately is when my bluetooth speakers run out my wireless ones I just listen to a podcast like I'm talking on the phone and it's great so when I start just laughing for no reason I don't look weird I just look like I'm having a jolly old conversation with someone. So I'm just miming a couple of words or saying, hmm, or aha, uh -huh, or okay, when I finish listening to a podcast so I can laugh without seeming like I'm just like, because I laugh quite a bit at some of my podcasts. So I just really enjoyed that. Counterpoint, why don't you just carry other headphones with you? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I thought or it would be. Charge up your Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, it's also a good point. Okay. That's yep. fine. Just making sure you knew that. that <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that that's a thing, but I found this quite entertaining okay, for myself. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. Enough. If anyone feels uh, self conscious sometimes about laughing to comedic podcasts or reacting to these sort of things, it's something that could kind of work for you if your ear speaker thing is in the right place. It's a it's a problem, you know, 
relegated to people who have emotional reactions to things. It's not a problem I generally have. <laughs> anyway, that's all we really have time for. We've gone quite over time on this on the last two episodes in fact so we will let you guys go please go rate review subscribe it means a lot to us puts a smile on our face so mm-hmm. much and you could check us out on instagram twitter or facebook with at major look pod yep that's right take part in our eye chart competition mm-hmm. to find out what episode we're going to be doing next week take the clues in figure take, it out take the clues in and yeah, that's about it. I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you so much for listening. I was surprised that we could talk this long about Dance Mums. Yeah, we talked a lot about me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're a very fascinating individual, Jane. I'm sure our listeners were enjoying that. Mm. See how much I cut out. Anyway, thank you very much, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bring it closer. They're too flimsy to make the whole distance. They are on their way. They can go the distance. Mm. (laughs) On my way, I I can can go go the distance. I'll be there so far. There's two different verses, damn it. I'll be there. If I can be strong, I I know know every mile will be worth my while. I would go most anywhere to find where I belong. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 